If you or someone around you had a cardiac emergency, would you know what to do? On this episode, we'll learn about the signs and symptoms that someone might be in trouble and how you can help. Whether you live in or just love Johnson County, Kansas, JOCO On The Go has everything Johnson County. Here's what's happening and what's coming up in the community you call home. Thanks for joining us for JOCO On The Go. I'm your host, Teresa Freed, a Johnson County resident and employee of Johnson County government. A heart attack can strike at any moment, so it's important to be prepared knowing when to get help and how to rush to help others. Here to talk more about that are Nancy Holland with the HeartSafe Foundation and Melody Morales with the Johnson County Emergency Services Division. Thank you both for being here. Can you talk a little bit about what the HeartSafe Foundation is and what Johnson County's involvement is in that? So Nancy, if you want to start us off with talking about HeartSafe and then Melody, you can address Johnson Johnson County's involvement. Uh, The Johnson County Heart Safe Foundation. It's a 501c3 organization located here in Johnson County, and it aims to increase the survival after sudden cardiac arrest through education of CPR and how to use AEDs, and also to increase AED locations throughout Johnson County. There are four main purposes to the organization, like I said, to increase citizens and residents knowing how to perform CPR, knowing where AEDs are and how to use them. And then we also publicly celebrate bystanders, those great saves. And then we're trying to create an outlet for cardiac arrest survivors and their families. All right, perfect. And Melody, if you want to talk about how Johnson County is involved. There are several different fire departments um, in MedAct that um, have groups that participate or members that participate in the group. Um, There's also sheriff, police departments. So several different um, organizations have volunteers that come and work with the group and they um, help teach. And we'll kind of talk about that, I think, a little bit later. But they help teach hands-only CPR and just help as needed. So lots of different Johnson County government um, departments have a hand in, in helping with this effort. And so, Nancy, your involvement in this organization is, is pretty personal. Can you talk about your, your survival story? Yes, I actually have a couple of survival stories. Um, I was, I got involved with HeartSafe in 2015, uh, earlier that year. In January of 2015, I had a sudden cardiac arrest that happened in a restaurant in Leewood, Kansas. And fortunately for me, the young restaurant manager knew CPR, so he could jump in and basically keep me viable until the first responders could show up with their AEDs. And it's only because of that restaurant manager and the first responders knowing what they were doing, MEDAC, and an amazing medical team that I'm I'm here with you today. Um, sudden cardiac arrest, when it happens outside of the hospital, the survival rates are only 10%. And of that 10%, over half of those who do survive have um, irreversible neurological damage. So I, I realized that I had all the dominoes just lining up perfectly with this cardiac arrest. And something that a lot of people don't understand is that a cardiac arrest and heart attacks are really kind of different. They, the terms are used synonymously a lot, and Melody can certainly explain the medical behind the scenes, but a cardiac arrest, this is how I always kind of explain it to people when I'm doing CPR trainings and that kind of stuff. A cardiac arrest is kind of like 
the electrical part of your house going down. It's instantaneous. When you lose it, you, you know instantaneous. That is a cardiac arrest. A heart attack is similar to the plumbing having issues in your house. You start hearing symptoms, that kind of thing. I not only was fortunate enough to survive a cardiac arrest, I've also survived two heart attacks. And I had two heart attacks in 2018. And once we kind of figured out, hey, you know, this woman under the age of 50 has had three major cardiac events, we figured out that I have something called SCAD, it's spontaneous coronary artery dissection. So I'm, I've hit the lotto three times to be sitting here having this interview with you. That's amazing. And of course, we're, we're very happy that you, you pulled through those, those events. Um, and I'm glad you made that distinction because I think that is something that not everyone, including myself, was aware of uh, between cardiac arrest and a heart attack. And so, um, you know, and a really important part of the discussion is knowing what to look for um, if, if trouble is on the horizon. And so with a cardiac arrest, it sounds like it's, it's much more um, there may be fewer signs for you to tell if something's going to be happening, but maybe with a, a heart attack, you can you can see some of that coming down the road. So can you talk about what people should be looking for, both as um, somebody who could potentially survive this incident, but also somebody who might be serving as a bystander? Sure. So I wanted to start out by saying, um, Nancy did do a good job of explaining the two, um, but sudden cardiac arrest often happens without any warning signs. So I do want to make that um, known that honestly, a lot of times there are no warning signs. Um, but when sudden cardiac arrest does occur, like Nancy said, there's sudden collapse, there's um, no pulse, no breathing and loss of consciousness. Um, sometimes people may have kind of some warning signs or symptoms, um, and that can include just chest discomfort, um, heart rate kind of fast called palpitations. Um, you can have shortness of breath, weakness. Um, but those are some of the kind of warning signs that may appear prior to cardiac arrest. But again, to emphasize that a lot of times there are no warning signs and you just collapse. So that's why it's really important for people to kind of act quickly when they do see that. And Nancy, I think I heard you speak at a, an event, a heart safe event a couple of years ago. Um, about your experience in the restaurant, because that kind of reminded mm -hmm. me. Um, I think you had you had some of those warning signs. Is that right? While you were eating dinner, I, I actually don't remember that day. I, I think any memories that I kind of have, or you know, what I've you know had people tell me. But apparently, my my husband told me that we were eating the salad. The salad had just been served. I took a couple of bites, pushed it over to him, and said, "I'll be right back." And I don't know if maybe I was feeling bad to leave in the middle, you know, because we were at dinner with some people. So I don't know if maybe I started feeling bad and was just standing up to get some air, go to the restroom. I, I, I don't know. Um, but I don't remember that day other than I knew I wasn't feeling badly that day. If I, I, I know if I had been feeling badly, I wouldn't have been able to run all the errands that I had ran that day. I would have canceled out on dinner if I had been feeling badly. So I do think Melody is accurate. I mean, it just hits. I, I, and that's, that's the scary thing. 
is, you know, one minute you think you're okay. And are you waiting for it to, to happen again? And like Melody said, you just need to act immediately. A lot of people I think are hesitant to get involved because they think, well, maybe this person has just fainted and maybe we shouldn't jump in and start CPR, or call 911 immediately. Maybe they'll revive. Maybe they just need some air. Maybe they didn't eat today or whatever. Don't don't hesitate. Immediately call nine one one. Immediately st start feeling for the pulse. And if you even if there's just a hesitation that you can't find it, start CPR. If it's someone who's passed out uh, from fainting, they'll wake up when when you start the quality CPR. I promise you. But it's better not to lose those crucial moments in the beginning. And Melody, can you talk about how those minutes matter uh, when we're talking about an event like this? Yes. So like Nancy said. Um, this is a common um, statistic that you probably have heard about, but if not, so every minute that goes by without receiving CPR, um, a person's chance of survival decreases by seven to 10%. So every minute, um, so every minute counts. Um, and then as well as what she was kind of talking about. So if someone does not have a pulse and is not breathing, um, the brain only can last four to six minutes without oxygen. So it's very important that you if, uh, assess the situation and see if the patient is breathing and has a pulse. And if not, begin CPR immediately and make sure to activate 911, as Nancy said. Okay. And starting CPR, it, it sounds very scary and overwhelming, but, um, you know, I'm a licensed foster parent and we have to do the, the regular trainings on CPR and it's, um, it's pretty simple. You just have to remember a couple of steps and then it always helps to have people nearby who can help you, you know, remind you of, of what to do. And, and if somebody's calling 911, uh, the operators on the other end can help with that. But uh, Melody, do you want to talk about what those steps are? Um, so if someone collapses, um, you're going to kind of jostle them and just make sure say, Hey, are you okay? Or try to at least get them arousable. If they are not, then you, and if you're, if someone else is with you, then you're going to have them call 911 and you can stay with the patient and try to stay with the patient. When you call 911, that's a piece that a lot of people do not do. Um, and the dispatchers for Johnson County, for sure, once you call them, um, they will you even like you said um someone can help remind you they'll count for you the compression rate um they'll tell you what you need to be doing next so activating 911 is for sure very important and they will help guide you all along that process but yes um just making sure that um they're awake if not then immediately call 911 and you're going to just start um putting your two hands on the chest in between the nipples is a lot of times is what they say um, it's easier to kind of remember the landmarks and then just start compressing, compressing. And like I said, dispatch can help guide you on the rate and how fast to do it. And they'll, they'll continue to kind of help keep that rate up until 911 arrives. And the intensity um, of how, how hard you need to press is, is it's pretty heavy. I mean, you could potentially break ribs, but it has to be a fairly hard compression. So can you talk about um, how many compressions and then uh, what you need to do? Like if you need to switch out, if, if you need a little bit of help there. Yeah. So you want to do a hundred compressions um, in a minute. But again, like I said, you don't even have to get um, sidetracked with all of that um, because dispatch will help you keep on track with that. Um, but yes, you're doing hundred compressions a minute, push hard and fast. Um, a lot of times they say staying alive, the song staying alive, that will help you keep, um, a pretty good rate. So if you can kind of sing that in your head, 
Um, that can even help, especially if you aren't on the phone with dispatch, um, but that can help. And again, with the don't worry about hurting someone, um, a broken rib, if you do break someone's rib, that is always, um, you, you recover from that easily. So that is not the least of their concerns. CPR is way more important. Okay. And if you don't do it perfectly, something is definitely better nothing and than nothing in this situation. Can you show us what the hands look like? Like when sure. you put your hands. Yeah. So you're going to okay. do one hand and then a lot of one, another hand on top and you're just going to, and you're going to lock your, um, you want to lock your elbows so that you can get your whole body into the compressions. Um, it's also important to know that you don't want somebody like on a soft surface when you're doing this, right? So do you need to move somebody if they potentially like this has happened in a, on a bed or something like that? Yes. And um, again, and I'm sorry if I keep repeating myself about dispatch, but they do an amazing job of helping get this um, accomplished for patients. Um, but yes, they'll, they'll, if they're on a bed, they'll try, they'll give you instructions to try to move the patient to the floor or to a hard surface. Um, cause that actually just makes the compressions more effective. So yes, that's a good point. And another point to, to make too, is that CPR looks a little bit different for adults versus children. So you could have say, you know, a toddler who's, who's choking. Um, can you talk about the difference between helping children and adults? Yeah. So with, um, children, a lot of times their arrests occur usually due to some kind of respiratory issue, not always, um, but frequently, um, still hands only CPR is effective. Um, so continue to do compressions. That's the main thing. Um, if they are smaller, then you may only need to use one hand, um, versus two. And then if it's an infant, um, this is getting a little bit into the weeds, but however, if you can remember it, it's good. Um, you can use two hands and circle around their chest and press with your thumbs. So that's kind of the difference in, um, infants versus pediatric versus adults. Gotcha. Seems like a lot to remember, but the good it, news is that there is training available to help people through yeah. this. And, um, the last training I took was virtual. So you can, you don't have to worry about, you know, COVID exposure or whatever, if you're getting a training. So that's, that's kind of helpful. It's not, um, I don't want to say it's not as, as effective, but, you know, actually doing that practice is really helpful. So can you both talk about some of the training opportunities that are available to our listeners? Yes. Well, HeartSafe does some training, uh, themselves. Anytime we're requested, we'll come out and train any residents, businesses that are interested in learning CPR. And we work hand in hand with Melody and her team. So she can talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So if anyone is interested in receiving training, um, you can contact, uh, through our website, you can contact us or, um, you can actually, you can call a phone number and we would be able to get that scheduled for you. Um, and I wanted to say it can, we can do both. So through MedAct, actually their employee association, they can do that actual class through um, AHA so you can actually get certified or if you want to just do hands-only CPR which is just fine um, then we can also handle that through the foundation or even through the local fire departments they're also willing to go out and do training as well so there's a few different options for anyone that's interested 
And I think Melody can also speak to that the hands-only CPR is just as effective as, you know, what we were taught years and years ago with the mouth breathing and resuscitation efforts. Uh, studies are showing that the hands-only CPR can be just as effective. That's very good to know that things have changed. I think that's, you know, one of the the intimidation factors for people getting involved is that they don't necessarily want to put their mouth on anybody else, but it's good to know that it's still helpful and just as effective, it sounds like, as, as doing, um, doing that. So the trainings that we're talking about, are these group trainings or are these individual trainings or how do, how do people get that? So it could honestly be a mix of whatever is needed. Um, I think group training is probably more effective um, especially just trying to get, um, an increase in numbers, um, it, you know, any place workplace or whatnot, it's kind of nice to try to get everyone involved to get trained. However, if one person's looking for training, we can try to figure that out as well. Um, and then I did want to put in a plug that training is a huge piece of the foundation. Um, and as of last year, even regardless of the pandemic, we've trained 10,000 citizens in hands-only CPR. So it's something that we really emphasize and put a lot of importance on. It is certainly something that's important for, for anybody um, to learn how to do. And, you know, the resources that are available here in Johnson County to, to get people prepared to, to be able to help are, are really valuable. Uh, the, the training is one aspect of that. Then the 911 dispatchers, that's another aspect of that. But there's also a couple of other things that are available too. So can you talk about this app that's available once you have the training so that you can rush in and help? Pulse Point is the app that um, she's referring to. So anyone can download the app and you're able to enable certain alerts that are in the app. And one of those is you acknowledge that you are hands-only or CPR trained, and you can enable an alert that if someone has a cardiac arrest that's in a public location, if you're in within a quarter of a mile of that location, it will send you an alert on your phone through the app, and it will direct you to where the person's at, and it will also direct you to the nearest AED and it will go through the instructions of how to actually apply it and give them the CPR and apply the AD. So it's an excellent um, resource that the public has to try to help get resources to a patient that may need it. And so another tool that's really beneficial in these situations is the AED. So can you talk about what that is and, and how the, uh, the foundation helps get those in the hands of people who need them? Um, so an AED with CPR, um, doubles or even triples the chance of survival for a cardiac arrest patient. Um, so that's why it is vital to also not only do CPR, but also if an AED is available to apply the AED. Um, and if it is indicated, it will recommend you shock the patient. And a lot of people are really nervous about that. Like, what if I shock a patient and they don't need it? An AED will tell you if they need it or not. So it'll say shock advised and it walks you through and talks you through um, what exactly to do. So that can also be very intimidating to people, but um, it does a pretty good job of just talking you through it, especially when you are stressed out in, in a kind of a, an emergent situation. And HeartSafe does have, uh, we have about 30 AEDs right now. We've been in the process of placing AEDs in the community around not only Johnson County, but in Kansas City as well, in areas that normally cannot afford AEDs. We're fortunate to have this, this supply. So anyone who is a not-for-profit or 
perhaps is not able to afford an AED on their own, if you come to our website, you can apply to get one of these AEDs. And while Johnson County is probably above the, the national average with how many AEDs we have, a lot of these AEDs are behind closed doors. When the office shuts down that day at whatever time, they're locked behind closed doors, can't get to the AEDs. So we're trying to put into motion these uh, different, they're called save stations. They are AEDs that are out for community use. They are climate controlled. They are monitored to make sure that the battery, you know, it's getting the necessary electricity, that they're charged, et cetera. But also if you do need one of these AEDs out in public, when you pull the AED out of the save station, it immediately calls 911 to your location. So it gets the, the medical teams there, the first responders there much quicker. So we're in the process of trying to really get those out and about in Johnson County. That's amazing because that does eliminate one very, very important step in the, the process. And uh, I don't know about other people, but, you know, because I've gone through the CPR training, I, when I go into a building, even if it's like a grocery store or, or my office at work, I try to find those signs up on the wall where the AED is located. And then I try to visualize at least like once a month, if somebody had an emergency, what my steps would be in order to, to help somebody who is, who is having an emergency situation. So um, those are my maybe not so helpful tips, but um, I, <laughs> I think it's well, always good to know where those are at. So, well, and I was about to say, I've been in, in so many CPR trainings and you ask these, these groups, does your employer have an AED and everybody raises their hand? Oh yeah, yeah, we've got them. Where are they? no clue you know yeah. uh, oh well I think maybe it's behind the reception desk or maybe it's in the, the break room or the kitchen so it's it's important for people to know where they're located in case of that emergency that's right and they are so important in those situations and um, you don't have to worry about also you know doing the compressions and calling 911 and going to get the AED you know hopefully there will be people around who you can kind of assign to do these tasks so you can focus on doing the compressions because in that moment that's the most important thing right all right um i think that's all the questions i have about um about what people can do to, to help in these emergency situations. And we will of course have the links to um, all these resources that are available to get people started on training because you know the more people who know what to do in these emergency situations, the better our, we improve our survival rates. And, and it's uh, very helpful here in Johnson County. Is there anything either one of you would like to add? Um, just that if anyone is interested in even getting involved with the foundation, um, feel free to reach out and contact us would love to have um, community engagement involvement from anybody. So if it's something that you kind of think, oh, this might be interesting, or I might like volunteering with this group, um, feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to have you. Exactly. We have another meeting coming up on March 2nd. So anyone who's even remotely interested or just wants to learn a little bit more, they're open to contact Melody, me, or come to our meeting. Perfect. Well, thank you both for joining me today. And thank you for the great information. I hope uh, it helps somebody who, you know, may be facing a medical emergency, but also, you know, just lets our, our listeners feel a little bit more ease. If something happens, they, they can act. You just heard Joko on the go. Join us next time for more Everything Johnson County. Have a topic you want to discuss? We want to hear from you. 
Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at JocoGov. For more on this podcast, visit jocogov.org forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening.